now. It's called Perfect Ten. It is a group of NFL. Here we go from Gateway. Joseph Newgard gets the early jump. Trying to tuck in behind is Colton Herta. And now the McLaren's battling for position right behind. How about David Malukas in the red, white, and black car there around the outside as the caution flies for Benjamin Peterson, the number 55 A.J. Foyt driver. Completely hit from behind. Here we go. On board with Ed Carpenter. Let's see. Yeah. Back to green. And Malukas is going to try to go around the outside of Pottle Ward. Side by side into one. McLaren teammates side by side behind him. A lot of two wide racing. You see Alexander Rossi, Felix Rosenquist in those orange, blue, and black McLarens. I'll tell you who made a great move is the rookie, Linus Lundquist in the 60 car was super aggressive. He's side by side with Will Power. Eilat, we understand, might have hit the wall as the crew member checks the right front suspension. Indeed, he did. Brushed it, coming off a two. Colton got high. Colton slid offline. Up he goes, and pass goes award. Well, let's see. Let's see if Colton wants to hang it on the outside. No, no he said he's battling some understeer in that car. Have to look at what happened to Sato here. He goes low on Lundquist, or is that Castro Neves? That's Castro Neves. Enters really low, picks up some understeer, and then just gets up high. Award could try to pounce right here. Here he comes. Here we go. And this is for the effective lead of the race. Even though it is for 12th right now, the others ahead need to stop. Award trying to slow down the oval dominance of Joseph Newgarden and break through. And now Scott Dixon, as Sato goes around, has a huge advantage. Oh, Sato was trying to get to the wall a couple of times earlier, and it finally got him. Third time's a charm. Couple other cars in. You see Marcus Erickson is in. Scott McLaughlin in at the bottom of the screen. Is Erickson's got a problem there? Left rear of Erickson was not on the race car. Canapino at the same time with an issue, and that's one of David Malukas' crew members expressing displeasure. Here's a replay of that coming to the pits. <laughs> oh! Almost got into Alex Pillow. Here we go again, and Pottle Ward is trying to go to the outside of Joseph Newgarden. Dixon gets a good start. Newgarden holds up for second. And there's David Malukas in that black and white and red car trying to find some spots. High side for Scott McLaughlin in the red and white machine, but it was four wide before as we see now. Oh, they touched. Going for the lead. Pottle Award into three. Can't make it happen. Hip check between Award and Newgarden. How much risk does a championship leader want to take? Colt hanging it on the outside. Look at Pelot's hands. That thing's dancing down low. Both of them are working for it right now. This is a great little battle. And now Rosenquist getting the double draft. This is for 10th in the race, but could be for second on this strategy. And they're still glued together side by side. Pelot's answer to how much risk does he want to take? A lot. When you run that high line, it's a longer distance you got to carry, but you can sometimes just roll more momentum off the corner. That's why Colton was able to keep firing back, but they finally below able to clear him. This pit stop crucial for Dixon to take him to the end. Tires go off, tires go right back on. They are loading the nine on the whistle. They asked him if he wanted any changes to stop. He said, we're okay. His last stop, 126. It's now 64 laps to go for Dixon. If Newgarden's stuck in traffic, and I believe he is. Yes, yeah, he is. He is stuck right there behind Devlin DeFrancesco for Andretti Autosport, and he gets way oh, high. No. He's going oh, in. No. Newgarden the into the fence. Is coming to an end. Dixon is still probably going to cycle up to the front. Look of at the this field. action. Look at Malukas going too wide with McLaughlin. They touch McLaughlin up in the gray. McLaughlin saves it. to back. Scott Dixon has done it again. Dixon wins at Worldwide Technology Raceway and keeps his championship hopes for number seven still alive. Watch the BitNile.com Grand Prix of Portland Sunday, September 3rd at 3 p.m. on NBC.
And with that, welcome to the Push to Pass podcast, uh, episode number 41. Uh, we will be recapping what a exciting uh, race uh, that uh, we witnessed there uh, Sunday, Josh, uh, the Iceman, uh, Scott Dixon, uh, showing and proving why uh, he is the GOAT when it comes to the NTT uh, IndyCar series. Uh, but like I said, we will be uh, pre- uh, reviewing rather the Bomberito Automotive Group uh, 500 uh, from St. Louis. And then also, too, uh, later in the show, we'll take a look ahead uh, as we are down to just two races left, if you can believe that, in the 2023 season, uh, this coming weekend at the uh, Portland International Raceway uh, for the Bit Nile Grand Prix of Portland. But, uh, Josh, before we get to that, uh, great to be back. Uh, what a exciting uh, race on on Sunday! I know you clinched a uh, the <laughs> the pick uh, championship here. Uh, we'll, we'll get into that here as the show unfolds as well. But uh, some early thoughts uh, that uh, that you had. I know you were able to actually watch the race uh, on uh, on Sunday as I was driving back uh, from uh, from Ohio. Uh, some of your uh, first uh, first thoughts of the race on Sunday. Uh, where does Scott Dixon uh, hide the fountain of youth? Because Everyone always says time always catches up to everyone. Not not Scott Dixon. He's now won two in a row. He is probably the smartest driver I have ever seen. You know, in, in his way of being able to conserve fuel, you know, keep the pit strategy as best as it can. You know, it looked kind of dicey there at the beginning, and then all of a sudden caution came out, and uh, he, was, he, he, he was in prime position. He wasn't. He wasn't going to get caught. Um, New Garden uh, looked strong to begin with and then had a little bit of trouble and ended up in the wall. So uh, he was not able to pull off the feat of uh, winning every single oval in a single season. That would have been uh, that would have been history making, I would imagine. Uh, And uh, it it was it was quite a race. Uh, A couple of different things, you know, can, can pit crews actually stomp on other cars that aren't theirs? It kind of kind of seems like there should be a penalty on that, but uh, hey, I guess I guess if a car is getting ready to hit you, you're you're allowed to defend yourself, I guess. But uh, the Bomberito Automotive Group 500 was uh, was a fantastic race. Uh, you know, I'm always a big oval fan, so um, it did not disappoint. It definitely did not disappoint. I will say that. Yeah, you're you're absolutely right. Uh, you know, we going into it. Uh, you know, we were talking up uh, uh, Team Penske, uh, especially uh, Joseph Newgarden, who was looking to sweep all of the uh, ovals this year, uh, Texas, uh, Indianapolis, and uh, St. Louis. Uh, unfortunately, as you see, a late lap uh, accident uh, by him not only killed his opportunity to sweep the uh, ovals this year, uh, also killed his uh, his hopes and dreams, I think, of a uh, points championship but most importantly, after all of that, uh, he killed my dreams of coming back in our uh, picks uh, segment uh, for this year. As you took Colton Herta, I went with uh, Joseph Newgarden, and obviously uh, Herta had a better finish. Uh, so that uh, is the clincher for you. You got uh, 10 wins this season. I got seven. So obviously with two races to go. Yeah, I obviously uh, can't catch you. So uh, kudos to you uh, taking the uh, first annual uh, race picks championship. But uh, getting back, obviously, to the uh, to the business at hand here. Uh, what what can't Scott Dixon do? Uh, what can't uh, his, his crew do? Absolutely. Uh, his fuel strategist uh, hit it uh, exactly on on the head. Uh, also, too, um, you know, it takes a little bit of luck as well. And uh, Scott Dixon now. Uh, that makes what two in a row, I do believe. So he is uh, he is on a roll. Uh, he has shrunk his uh, teammates' points lead down to I think seventy four. I, I do believe with two races left to go. So Dixon uh, still has a little bit left. Still has a little bit fight left. Uh, obviously, the points championship, and, and we'll get into uh, to those here uh, as well. Is, is, a, is a two horse race. Uh, so to say, with uh, both uh, Chip Canassi drivers. So obviously it's uh, safe to say that a Chip Canassi driver is going to win the uh, points championship with uh, Alex Pillow, like I said, leading uh, Scott Dixon there by uh, by 74 points. But uh, let's take a closer look uh, into uh, what uh, what unfolded 
there this past Sunday at the uh, Bomarito Automotive Group uh, 500. Uh, like we said there, uh, Scott Dixon does make it two in a row uh, with his win on Sunday. Uh, let me uh, see if I can get get the uh, screen correct here. Um, is that the one I want? No, it's not. Here it is. This is it right there. There we go. Uh, like I said, Scott Dixon um, making it two in a row. That is now fifty five wins in the career of uh, Scott Dixon. If you can, uh, if you can uh, picture that. But uh, like I said, there has been no driver in the history of the NTT IndyCar Series who makes the improbable possible more than the Iceman, Scott Dixon. And again, he showed it on Sunday at Worldwide Technology Raceway in Madison, Illinois. The six-time series champion showed every bit of his masterful ability, as Josh said, to save fuel and navigate traffic to pick up the win at the Bomberito Automotive Group 500, presented by Axalta and Valvoline on Sunday in his number nine PNC Bank Chip Canassi Racing Honda, earning his 55th career victory and second win this season on, like we said, second in a row. Uh, Dixon just needed three pit stops uh, due to saving fuel and at least one fewer than the other 27 drivers in the field. That strategy was born from necessity since Dixon started position or P16 in the 28 car field after a curing before the race, a nine spot grid penalty, which I really thought was going to hurt uh, Josh, uh, his chances uh, when, uh, when I seen this penalty uh, pop up earlier, uh, earlier in the day uh, for an unapproved Indian change uh, after the race at the Indianapolis motor speedway uh, road course. Uh, obviously the, the Gallagher uh, Gallagher grand prix on August 12th, 12th at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway Road Course. Uh, he also won that race, if you remember back, by saving fuel and mastering strategy after being spun into the infield grass during a lap one incident. Uh, quote, all of these got all of these guys, man, Dixon said about his Chip Canassi racing crew. Chip steers the ship. We took a pretty good grid penalty today. We had to go to an alter, alternate route, and it worked out perfectly. The team was perfect. They gave me the fuel number I needed to get it done. So massive thank you to everyone on the PNC Bank number nine crew. Uh, Pato Award, who has uh, definitely had a roller coaster uh, type uh, type of season, still looking for that uh, first uh, uh, win of the 2023 season. Again, uh, finished uh, finished the bridesmaid spot. Uh, P2 and his number five, Errol McLaren Chevrolet. He was followed by David Malukas, which is best finish of the year in uh, P3 and his number 18 HMD Trucking Honda, fielded by uh, Dale Coyne Racing with HMD. Award and Malukas were the only drivers on the lead lap with Dixon. Uh, Josh, I don't know if you caught this or not on Sunday, but Dixon's margin of victory on Sunday was 22.225 seconds, which was the biggest for an IndyCar Series race on the 1.25 Worldwide Technology Raceway Oval. How I did see. Th oh, that was very impressive. I did see they said he was pretty much five eighths of the way back around the track before second, uh, second was able to even get across the, uh, the starting, the start, the start finish line, <clears throat> which is, uh, it's, it's, that's crazy on an oval. You would never think, I mean, you could, you could think on a road course or, you know, or a, uh, or a street course that that could happen, but on an oval, it just, especially with it not being, I mean, I know it's a bit, it's a bigger oval than some, but not that that wasn't a very big oval. So that was a masterful, masterful uh, way to finish off the race, uh, winning by that much. Yeah, absolutely. An award after the race just basically said uh, Scott Dixon did Scott Dixon today, and and it seems like uh, that that happens quite frequently when you when you talk about the goat. Uh, when they were telling me on the radio, the nine car is trying to make it to the end. He's going to make it until the end. I was happy with the strategy today. I was happy with my car, but, uh, you know, yeah, but yeah, Scott Dixon. Uh, Dixon also kept his hopes alive for his record tying seventh series title with the victory as he trails series leader and Chip Ganassi racing teammate Alex Pillow by just 74 points with, with two races remaining. 
Pillow, uh, who finished seventh in the number 10 American Legion Honda, just needs just needs to lead by 55 points or more after the bitnile.com Grand Prix of Portland next Sunday, September 3rd at the Portland International Raceway to clinch his second NTT IndyCar Series championship in the last three seasons. Polo and Dixon are the only remaining drivers eligible to win the Astro Challenge Cup as season champion. And speaking of Joseph Newgarden, Dixon's victory also ended Joseph Newgarden's run toward the IndyCar Series history. Newgarden entered the 260-lap race, having won all four previous. Sorry, I forgot to mention Iowa as an oval race, too. That's where they get the four. I forgot Iowa. Uh, Previous races this season and was trying to become the first IndyCar Series driver to sweep all of the oval races in a season with multiple circle track races. Newgarden started from the top after the NTT P1 award winner and teammate Scott McLaughlin was forced to start position 10 after, again, a nine-spot grid penalty for an unauthorized engine change after the last race. Newgarden did lead 98 of the first 102 laps as most teams evolved their pit strategies to four stops. I was just trying to catch up, Newgarden said. I knew we were going to lose to someone in fuel save, most likely Dixon or somebody. I was just trying to get get through cars as quickly as I could when I pitted, and it didn't work out. I got in the marbles, and they touched too high. Absolutely. The last two races, Josh, of this season are road course events. First, at the Portland International Raceway this weekend, September 3rd, and WeatherTech the WeatherTech Raceway at Laguna Seca ending the season on September 10th. So uh, let's uh, let's uh, queue up a, a couple drivers here, uh, Josh, that uh, we were able to uh, get a quick interview with uh, after their race on Sunday. Uh, let's go to the video. Yeah, first of all, was in the book, uh, what did I learn? The biggest takeaway, honestly, is the marbles. Jesus Christ. I mean, it's a hectic race, so difficult to pass, and as soon as you get laps, you know, after lap 10, you know, it's so, so hard to run side by side, and, you you know, if you're just a little bit off, then you got nothing. Uh, and, you know, I uh, I got my medicine of that both uh, once and twice throughout the race, but, you know, the car was so, so good. Very, very happy. I think we got the fastest lap of the race again, which was a good thing. I wish just uh, that it showed it on the results as well. Um, you know, P18. I think we had a better car than that, but I think I did one too many mistakes. But again, you know, it's a good learning process. Happy to have done this. Big, big thank you to the team. They've done an awesome job from day one here. So, uh, yeah, it's been a fun before we get to uh, the next driver, we're going to have some interesting news uh, coming up uh, about uh, Meyer Shank Racing uh, going forward uh, for the next or for the last rather uh, two races. But we'll get back into the interviews. Decent day today. Uh, proud of the team. They did a really good job. We keep getting better every weekend. We roll off the truck really strong. Uh, pace was really good. I think we kind of chased ourselves out of the window a little bit for the race, but that's all right. Uh, a couple of mistakes on my end. Costs a much, much better finish. Um, should have been top 15. I really think that's where we deserve to be. David did a great job finishing P3. Super proud of that. Great job to the team on that. Um, so, yeah, looking forward to the West Coast Swing. Those are two of my favorite tracks. And uh, looking forward to finish strong. All right. All right. You had a good car? Yeah, you know what? Uh, the 06 machine today was actually really strong. As, as you could see, we were in the front point behind the leaders and we could pace with them, no problem. Unfortunately, we end up behind the leaders because we have an issue at the stop. It's a shame. We win together, we lose together, nothing we can do. And but great, great uh, work from the entire MSR team because uh, Chicago is now and going to the Portland. Can I get a little bit for Portland? Look, Portland is a great place, a place that I enjoy very much. Um, um, I don't think I won there, but I was very close many times. Uh, hopefully we can go out there and have a better result than we had in the last year, and that would be a lot of fun. Good, uh, good stuff there, as always. Uh, thank you to uh, Lunas Lundquist, uh, Josh's favorite driver there, Stingray Rob, 
and Elio Castroneves for uh, stopping by and give us a little bit of insight uh, into their race uh, weekend uh, for sure. Uh, let's get into uh, what uh, what the results uh, looked like from Sunday. If you happen to uh, miss it and you uh, have and you haven't had an opportunity to uh, see them yet, uh, let's pull that uh, up on screen uh, for everyone here shortly. Uh, like we said, uh, winner of the race, uh, Scott Dixon, who led a uh, race leading 123 laps. He was followed by Pato Award, David Malukas, Alexander Rossi, Scott McLaughlin, Colton Herta, Alex Pillow, Felix Rosenquist, Will Power, and Marcus Erickson round out your top 10. Then it was Renus VK, Roman Grosjean, Santino Ferrucci, Ryan Hunter Ray, Kyle Kirkwood, Connor Daly, Christian Lungard, Linus Lundquist, Devlin DeFrancesca, and Graham Rahal round out your top 20. Following them, Stingray Rob, Augustine Canapino, Elio Castroneves, Ed Carpenter, Ho- or, uh, Joseph Newgarden, Takuma Sato, who had a, uh, in a uh, contact accident uh, early in the race that ended him, uh, Callum Mylot, and then uh, poor, <laughs> poor uh, Benjamin Peterson uh, finishing 28th, not even being able to complete one lap. So with all of that uh, said and done there, Josh, uh, down to two races and the points uh, standings a little bit uh, tighter as we get into uh, Portland uh, this weekend. Let's take a look at the point standings here. Uh, again, Alex Pillow, still your points leader, but uh, Scott Dixon trying his damnedest uh, to uh, to close there in second. Then it's Joseph Newgarden, Pato Award, Scott McLaughlin, Marcus Erickson. Uh, some news coming up on him. Uh, Will Power, Christian Lungard, Alexander Rossi, and Colton Herta are your top 10. Then Kyle Kirkwood, Roman Grosjean, Felix Rosenquist, Graham Rahal, Renus VK, David Malukas, Callum Eilat, Santino Ferrucci, Elio Castroneves, and Marcus Erickson round out your top 20. Then it's Augustine Canapino, Devlin DeFrancesca, Jack Harvey, who was let go by Ray Hall, Letterman, Lanigan Racing this week, Connor Daly, Stingray Rob, Benjamin Peterson, Ryan Hunter Ray, Santino, or excuse me, Simon Pagino, Takuma Sato, Ed Carpenter, and Linus Lundquist round out your top 31. So uh, a lot of movers and shakers, uh, Josh, a lot of uh, points uh, being divvied out here. Two races left to go. Scott Dixon obviously has a huge hole to climb here, uh, 74 points. But you know what? If, if Dixon has taught us anything these last two races, don't ever uh, count out the Iceman and the uh, number nine uh, PC Bank team. When thinking of his chances, I think of Dumb and Dumbers. So you're telling me there's a chance. There's a slim chance. Um, basically, Polo would have to, in the next race, finish almost and get the minimum amount of points. So second or lower, I believe. I was talking to oh, – I wasn't talking to I was listening to tracks out on the way home, and uh, – they were giving out the scenarios. <clears throat> of course, Dixon would almost have to win both of the last two races in order for this to happen. And Polo in the last race would have to finish in the lower in the lower half, somewhere about 15th or lower for Dixon to have the chance. So I mean, we, we we've been saying it all along that Polo has this has this wrapped up, but Scott Dixon just keeps making it a little more difficult to uh, to believe in that. But uh, I still have hope. I, I'm actually, I don't hope. I'm pretty sure Pillow is going to win this because Pillow, you know, the entire the entire day they didn't really talk about him too much. You know, he hung around the middle of the pack and uh, ended up with a seventh place finish, if I'm not mistaken. Um, at about after the uh, he was running about tenth after the last pit stops and finished seventh. So no, you know, he's he's just riding around. He's not doing anything that's going to hurt him. Um, hurt him in, in points. He's just there to finish. You know, if he, if he wins, fantastic. He'll add to his legacy. But I just don't see – I don't see Dixon being able to, uh, to to catch up to him, you know. Just, it just doesn't – it doesn't, doesn't seem to be possible. But uh, 
Dixon's giving it the old college try. I, I will say that coming up with these last two, last two wins at the towards the end of the season. So um, two two pony race, but one pony's about a mile away. He was two miles away. He's about a mile away now. I don't think Dixon's catching him. You know, we 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 uh, we were ready to hand uh, Pelot the. Uh, points championship, the Astro Cup, but uh, Scott Dixon, um, being the the veteran that he is, uh, ice water in his veins, uh, he's he's not just going to hand over that cup uh, to uh, to Alex Pelot to his teammate. So you know things have gotten quite interesting, um, especially if if one of those scenarios plays out to where it comes down uh, to Laguna Seca in a couple weeks' time. You know, I, I would love to pick the brain of. Uh, of Chip Ganassi and, and what does he do? Does he does he give the order to, you know, uh, just let him let him duke it out, or is one or the other? So definitely going to be interesting to see if one of those two uh, scenarios uh, plays out and how I, the biggest person, uh, Chip Ganassi, how he handles that since both of them are. Uh, his drivers. Uh, we will be joined uh, later in the show, as always, by uh, Mike to uh, get his take on the betting aspect of last weekend. I-, I can't imagine how much money he may have lost with uh, Joseph Newgarden and then looking ahead to uh, Portland this weekend. But before we do that, we do have to pay a couple bills. Uh, so let's give a shout out to a couple sponsors here of the show uh, that have uh, been here and that have uh, stuck by and our uh, great, uh, great friends and great uh, assets here at the Push Pass podcast. And the first one is Always Ready 1776. For any patriotic apparel, headwear, and much more, go check out Always Ready 1776 at alwaysready1776.com. And if you do, use the promo code Push to Pass, and you will receive 10% off of your total order. That's always ready 1776.com. And then also to get them associates for all of your design build and remodeling needs. Remember it's get them associates and you can find them on the World Wide web. I'm not sure people use that anymore at getem.com. And of course, if you do use their services as well, you will receive $250 off any design service that is get them associates and you can find them on the internet at get them.com. So getting back into uh, racing and what we have, like I said, going on this weekend is uh, the bit Nile grand prix of Portland. Uh, we'll get into that. We'll touch a little bit uh, on, on that, give you a little bit of a preview of that. Uh, but first, Josh, let's get into uh, some of the news uh, that has uh, that took place uh, this past week. A lot of news to uh, cover and go over. I know I have uh, three specific stories uh, here that uh, that have been uh, been out since the last time that we uh, talked about one week ago. And the the first one here uh, that I have. I, uh, we talked a little bit about uh, what the future may hold uh, for Marcus Erickson. Uh, we all thought that it was a, a good possibility that Marcus ends up at Errol McLaren next year. Well, we had the A part right, but it's definitely not Errol McLaren as it was uh, uh, revealed this week that Marcus Erickson will be joining Andretti Autosport in 2024. So what a young core that uh, Andretti Autosport is building over there with uh, Marcus Erickson, who's already won the Indianapolis 500. Uh, uh, Colton Herta, uh, who's hungry for a win. And then don't forget about uh, the success that uh, Kyle Kirkwood has had this year as well at Andretti Autosport. But uh, as we talked about, uh, one of the two major dominoes for the 2024 NTT IndyCar Silly Season has fallen. Marcus Erickson has been uh, looking for a payday, and it looks like, Josh, he finally got one. Uh, Erickson has been confirmed as Andretti Autosport's newest IndyCar driver and will join the team at the end of the season on a a multi-year deal. The 2022 Indianapolis 500 winner will be bringing his oval success and leadership abilities that he learned from Chip Canassi Racing to a team, as we said, with a young core with the likes of Colton Herta and 
Kyle Kirkwood, who are both seeking their first oval wins. It's unclear at this time if Roman Grosjean, who is out of a contract with the team in September, will continue. Also, don't forget uh, Devlin D. Francesca uh, could be out of a ride and Andretti Autosport uh, next year as well. So keep that name as well. Uh, quote, like everyone else, we have paid close attention to Marcus's success in the NTT IndyCar series and have been impressed with how quickly he proved that he belonged with the front runners in what is arguably the most competitive IndyCar field ever, said team owner Michael Andretti. It's no secret that we want to continue to win races and championships and to do what we need, drivers like Marcus who are the natural talent and, and determined drive. We are excited for the winning mindset that Marcus brings to the table, and I'm eager to see what next season has in store for us. Uh, Erickson, who is 32 years young, who has been in the NTT IndyCar Series since 2009, or excuse me, 2019, has four career wins, most notably the 2022 Indianapolis 500, along with 10 podiums, and he has, he has an average starting position of 12th and an average finishing position in the top 10 at 10th. Quote, I am very happy and proud to be joining Andretti Autosport next season, Erickson said. Andre Andretti is one of the most legendary names in motorsports, and it is definitely a dream come true for me to join this team. I want to thank Michael and Dan Torres for putting their trust in me, and I cannot wait to get to know everyone in the organization. It's very exciting, the new chapter in my career, and I'm really looking forward to getting to work, achieving our goals together. Exciting times are ahead, and I am thankful for this opportunity. Um, and then uh, interesting uh, words that his former boss, Erickson's former boss, uh, Chip Canassi, uh, tweeted out uh, right after that. Uh, quote, Chip Ganassi Racing wishes Marcus Erickson all the best in his future endeavors. In his time with CGR Racing, the number eight team secured four victor victories, notably the 106 running of the Indianapolis 500. Chip Ganassi Racing looks forward to finishing the year strong and remains dedicated to upholding our winning tradition. The team will announce driver updates in due time. Now, there is a lot. Uh, Josh of chatter going around who could be in that number eight seat uh, next year. And, and I do believe um, nothing has been confirmed yet, but all indications point to the uh, driver that is currently driving well was driving for Meyer shank racing. Uh, Lunas Lundquist is going to be the one that fills uh, the number eight ride next year at Chip Ganassi Racing. But first, uh, I want to get your reaction and thoughts when you found out uh, Marcus Erickson, uh, who we all knew was probably going to jump ship more or less, uh, decided on Andretti Autosport for uh, 2024. It's a smart move for him. He uh, he now becomes the face of Andretti Autosport uh, Auto just with the fact that he is uh, he's a young Young hung, hunger driver, and he already has a he already has an Indy 500 championship under his belt. Um, he knew that if he stayed stayed with Chip, that he was not going to be the man. Alex Pelo was going to be the man, especially if um, especially if and when Alex win, wins his second uh, his second NTT uh, World uh, World uh, IndyCar Championship. So. Um, he saw he saw an opportunity to go to a uh, to a famous you know well respected uh, team and become the face of that team. You know, uh, Kirkwood's there. Kirkwood's got a win or two under his belt, but he doesn't have he doesn't have that cachet of of having having an Indy 500 under his belt. So uh, it's a smart move for him. He's going to get paid. Um, Hopefully, uh, uh, Roman Grosjean, if he does, if he is out of a ride, that he can bounce back and find a find a ride. But um, great, great pickup for uh, great pickup for Andretti. Great pick for Ericsson. and um, very nice words from uh, from Chip Ganassi Racing. Uh, you know, endorsing him, and you know that he could have been bitter that he was leaving, but uh, he. He he was very gentlemanly in uh, in 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 his praise of Marcus, and uh, that shows a lot of class. 
Yeah, it, it absolutely does. And uh, I was, you know, I, I kind of thought um, Erickson would end up maybe at, at Arrow McLaren um, since uh, it's uh, obviously well known now that uh, Alex Pillow is not going to be um, joining that group next year. So, yeah, and, and then you bring up a great point, too. Uh, what happens to uh, Roman Grosjean? I know you know we're in a we're in a sport we're in a business that uh, you know the the motto is what have you done for me lately? And you know outside of the success that Roman Grosjean had when he broke in with Dale Coyne and then moved over to Andretti Autosport, uh, Roman Grosjean really hasn't you know hasn't had a lot of success. At, at at Andretti Autosport, and, and like I said, his contract's up at the end of the year. Uh, where is he going to be? Because like I said, right now there are three spots that are filled at, at Andretti Autosport. Obviously, with uh, you know newly signed Marcus Erickson and uh, Colton Hurdle in the number twenty uh, number twenty seven, and then uh, Kyle Kirkwood in the number twenty six. So like I said, that's going to leave uh, Roman Grosjean open. Is that where uh, Marcus Erickson slides into? You know, we don't know. Or does Marcus Erickson slide into the number 29? And that uh, that gets or that kicks out to Devlin DeFrancesca, which, again, uh, I think he falls in the same category as uh, Roman Grosjean. What have you done for me lately? So definitely a lot of parts and pieces uh, that are moving over there at, at Andretti Autosport. And I have a funny feeling, Josh, that uh, this silly season obviously is just getting uh, started. And uh, there's going to be a lot of movement uh, in between now and uh, 2024 when we kick off the season in St. Petersburg. Oh yeah, definitely. There's uh, people going to be on move. We're still, still waiting on definitive, uh, definitive proof or, um, you know, who, where, where is Polo going to go? He's not going to go to Aaron McLaren. Uh, is he going to stick with chip? Uh, you know, I, that's the, mo- I, I've said that's the most, that's the smartest idea for him. Why, le- why, why leave the table when you're hot? Uh, you don't ever leave the table when you're hot, so don't leave. So don't leave. Uh, don't leave, and we'll see. We'll see wh- how all the drivers turn out. Um, I, I have no idea how it's going to turn out. Uh, it's 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 like you said, silly season. We know we know a couple of drivers that are locked in. Um, I'm wondering if the fact that Arrow has not won a race this entire year. Did that work? Did that uh, did that figure into Erickson's decision? You know, Arrow Arrow McLaren is is an up and coming, and you know they're but are they are they a flash in the pan? Were they, you know, they were good for for a short time, and they haven't they haven't had any results. Yeah, you've had seconds and thirds, but you have not had a win this year, and that is not good for uh, for organizations that are on the rise, on the up and coming. But uh, can't wait to see how all the dominoes fall, and uh, we'll be we'll be right there uh, reporting on all of them. Yep, uh, absolutely, and I think now we're going to wait and see what uh, what happens with with Alex Pillow now that that uh, Marcus Erickson has signed with. Uh, 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 Andretti Autosport. Uh, somebody else uh, that is already uh, signed up and uh, locked in for the 2024 season. Uh, this was uh, announced uh, uh, a couple Fridays ago at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway. Uh, but uh, Tom Bloomquist is going to actually finish uh, the last two uh, races in that number 60 machine that he's going to uh, man next year. So um, you know, congratulations to him. Uh, he's going to be uh, getting uh, his, uh, hopefully uh, he was supposed to get a full taste at Toronto. Unfortunately, that didn't work out uh, in his favor as he was taken out right before he could complete uh, one lap, uh, but hopefully he's able to uh, you know, keep the car on the track, uh, get some laps underneath his belt, not only in Portland uh, this weekend, but uh, Laguna Seca in a few weeks time. And uh, he gets a, uh, a nice jump start to his 2024 season. Uh, but uh, Bloomquist is going to be manning the number 60 machine uh, for the last two races. Uh, so uh, Josh, you know, congratulations to Tom. Uh, like I said, he's going to be getting his first, hopefully full taste of IndyCar. Uh, but I think that begs the question. It kind of tells us that, uh, you know, Pagano's done for the year. Uh, that was something that I floated out there. If he was going to, um, you know, pull the, uh, 
the uh, Kurt Busch and uh, sit out the rest of the year because health is more important than driving. Uh, but uh, not only that now, but it begs the question, um, is this the last? And I hope this doesn't happen because he's such a uh, talented driver. But is this the last that we've seen of Simon Pagino in IndyCar? Yeah, you never want to. You never want a uh, driver to go out on um, go out on those terms. You know, injury. You want you want them to go out on their shields. You don't want them going. You don't want them going out on on an injury. But uh, it it all comes down to the safety and uh, safety and the well being of Simon Pagino. I mean, we still don't know. I mean, we still don't know what happened. What 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 has kept him out of this? Is there something specific? Maybe after the season, um, he will have. Maybe he'll he'll be more open to talking about it. But um, like I said, you don't want to see anybody go out on go out on an injury. So uh, hopefully, he's able to bounce back. If he, you know, if he's not able to get a ride for if he's not able to, he, so he's not able to finish this year. Hopefully, he can catch on somewhere next year and come back and have a uh, have a comeback season and uh, hopefully win a race next year. That would be a great, uh, great story. Yeah, it absolutely would. So hopefully uh, he takes the off season. He's fully cleared, fully recovered. And, uh, you know, one of those rides that's going to be open in, in 2024, hopefully uh, Simon is able to catch on to that. Uh, the last news story, uh, Josh, that I have before uh, Mike joins us here shortly. Um, I know we talked about uh, Jack Harvey being let go by Ray Hall Letterman landing in racing uh, about a week or so ago. Uh, Connor Daly uh, was uh, jumped in that ride uh, this weekend and had a respectable finish. Uh, but it has been announced yesterday that uh, driver Yuri Vepps is going to uh, man the number 30 machine uh, for Ray Hall Letterman landing in racing for the remainder of the season at uh, Portland International Raceway and at uh, Laguna Seca. Uh, so uh, Yuri is going to get uh, his uh, his first action in the uh, NTT IndyCar series coming over from uh, from Formula Two. Um, I don't know uh, a, a whole lot uh, about uh, about Yuri, um, but obviously he has to be a very talented driver, you know, coming from Formula Two. If uh, Ray Hall Letterman Landing and Racing is going to put their trust uh, in him uh, for the last two races to man their number thirty uh, machine. Yep, I don't know anything about him either. But uh, yeah, you're when you're gonna put a put a driver in there that's never that's never driven in uh, IndyCar before. That's uh, that's a lot of trust. Um, I mean, I'll see. How, we'll see how he does. Not uh, not gonna expect anything too too big from him. Uh, just probably trying to get him in the car, get him acclimated, get him uh, see how he does. You know, as we're always saying, every every race is an audition for the drivers, and this is a big one um, coming from Formula Two. Uh, I would imagine the cars handle totally different uh, from the for, from Formula One to Formula Two. So, going going into an Indy car, it's got to be got to be difficult. So, uh, we'll see. We'll keep an eye on him, see how he does uh, this coming weekend, and maybe we can, maybe maybe he'll do something, and we can talk about him next week. Yeah, definitely. Uh, can't wait to see him uh, make his uh, Yuri make his debut in uh, in IndyCar next week, and then um, you know this could be like you said uh, in audition for next year. I know his name uh, has been uh, floated around, uh, so to say, in uh, some of these seats that are going to become available here at the end of the season. So uh, definitely a big test, uh, like you said, uh, for uh, for Yuri, and we hope that uh, he is able to. Um, uh, to pass it and, you know, at least at least be able to put some laps uh, down on the track and, and you know, not uh, not happen the same thing that happened to Tom Bloomquist there in Toronto, where uh, you get wrecked on on lap one and you're and you're taken out of the race and not able uh, to uh, to get some laps under your belt, get a little bit of experience. And, you know, as we say, uh, you know, put your driving skills uh, out there on display for everyone, because, you know, maybe late Ray Hall, Letterman, Lanigan racing. Uh, doesn't uh, pick him up uh, next year, but that doesn't uh, necessarily mean uh, that there's another, there's not another team out there that has uh, you know fallen in love with his skill and they see the potential uh, that uh, Yuri may have in in bringing them in to 
uh, to their race table. So hopefully uh, he's able to, uh, like I said, put some laps down, uh, get some experience, uh, you know, and, and a little bit of momentum uh, going into uh, 2024. And he's able to uh, find a ride if the, if it fits. Uh, before we get to uh, Mike here, Josh, uh, I know uh, this will be the, the betting portion uh, of the show, but uh, any uh, any bets you made this weekend, maybe following Mike's advice or anything you've seen on uh, X or, or Twitter, I guess, depending on what you call it, uh, that you uh, put some money down this weekend? Unfortunately, my uh, my coffers have run dry lately. I've been paying bills and doing adulting stuff, so I haven't been able to bet, but uh, I have been following what Mike has been Mike and uh, Tony Donahue have put out on on over X slash Twitter or whatever it is. I followed it, but uh, and just couldn't pull the trigger on anything this weekend. Um, just not enough, not not enough. Uh, what is that? What do they call it? Uh, expendable income, as you would say. But uh, hopefully this weekend we get paid on Friday. I can take twenty bucks and put it on something. I'm itching. I'm itching to make a bet. So hopefully Mike can give me some good advice. Yeah, definitely waiting, uh, waiting for, uh, for him to, uh, to come on here. Curious to hear, you know, uh, if he was able to walk away uh, with some money, cause I- I'm willing to bet. And again, I know you followed him probably a little more, closely in the betting aspect on on Twitter or on X. Uh, but I'm pretty sure he was high on, on Joseph Newgarden, and it probably either broke his heart or broke his wallet, uh, Josh, uh, after Newgarden uh, contact with the wall that uh, decidedly uh, killed uh, killed his race. And then, like I said, also, too, with, with Portland coming up this weekend and uh, college football right around the corner, NFL right around the corner as well. Uh, hopefully people – we're uh, we're able uh, through uh, through IndyCar through the uh, advice of Mike and uh, Tony Donahue, as you said, all season long uh, to build that bankroll up because with uh, with college football, we know how big of uh, betting business. Yes, I did say business that uh, college football is, along with uh, pro football. Uh, you should have a, a nice sized bankroll uh, to uh, to use uh, for the uh, the upcoming season, both in college and pro. Oh yeah, definitely. Uh, I'm looking forward to uh, putting some money on Michigan this weekend. Uh, maybe I'll make that make money on Michigan and then put it on IndyCar on uh, on on Sunday. Um, one thing I wanted to add, we we didn't talk about uh, on news and notes. I had talked to and you may you driving back, you may not be able to hear hear what happened. Um, Evidently, Aaron McLaren is uh, an update on that and the uh, Polo uh, saga of, of a lawsuit. They are seeking anywhere from 20 to $30 million in damages. That's a lot of money. That I mean, that's, that's a staggering amount, and I don't know where they're coming from, coming up with that number. I, don't, I wanted to get your thoughts on that. 20 to $30 million from a driver slash whoever else they're suing is just outrageous is this kind of screams scored uh scorned scorned woman you know a girl girl got denied you know she thought she was hot enough and you know bring in the guy and then she uh she, she didn't get the guy and now she's upset and she's going after everything 20 to 30 million dollars what what are your thoughts on that Well, I know there's no way, and I know we've talked about. You're gonna hear the dog in the background, but I know we've talked about. Oh, there he is. Um, the money that uh, Arrow McLaren fronted uh, Alex Pillow in his contract uh, when he allegedly signed with them for 2024 for uh, his services in 2024. I can't imagine that that number that he was that they fronted him was between 20 and 30 million dollars. I, I can't imagine that. There is no way. So how McLaren, whoever their attorney or attorneys are, whoever their attorneys are, there is no way that they think that they're going to be able to recuperate or recoup rather 20 to 30 million dollars. If, if you didn't front that guy that much, which it would be crazy, absolute craziness if they did, because I can't imagine they did. 
but I don't know where they got that number from. I, I would love to see the, you know, the, the documentation that says, you know what we, we feel that Alex Pillow owes us in damages 20 to $30 million. I, I would love to see any, you know, a judge look at that and, and, and side with, with McLaren, because there's absolutely no way that they fronted him that much money. If they did, McLaren's crazy, and they and you know what? Honestly, if they fronted Alex Pillow that much money, they deserve to lose every bit of it because there is no way that you should front a driver that much money. That's that's ludicrous. Now they may not have fronted him that. They they, they I mean they, I I would imagine they did front him somewhere in the seven figure seven to maybe eight figure. If it went into eight figure, that uh, you know. T- low tent low, low teams crazy but they're also probably trying to recoup all the money that they that they spent in uh, preparing him you know simulators getting him you know uh, maybe fire suits made for him or something for because he was going to be their backup their backup driver for f1 so that could fu- file that could um could play into the into the role but uh 20 to 30 million is a huge number i mean that's that that's some people's contract. I mean, Jonathan Taylor doesn't even make twenty to thirty million dollars. He thinks he should, but he doesn't. That's that's a that's a ludicrous number, and it's going to be interesting to see as we as we go along uh, how this all turns out. Yeah, after you know, after you broke that down with you know simulator time and depending on how many uh, fire suits that were, that they had made for him in preparation for 2024, but I still can't unless, unless their figures are his salary or what he was going to make. Plus all the other expenses, like you said, uh, simulator time, uh, uh, the, the racing suits that were made for him in preparation for next year. Now, if that all adds up, to that, well, first of all, those are some expensive items, but that would make more sense if that's what they're trying to uh, recoup. But uh, as you said, I, I have to uh, comment the Jonathan Taylor situation. That's just a whole different ball of wax, and I think we could probably talk about that for an hour, uh, but that's for another show for another time. But it, like I said, I think it's going to be interesting to see how this plays out. Uh, what what wh- I guess what's next for Alex Pillow? Does he, as as you've said all along, and and I have to give you credit, you've stuck to this all year. That you, if, if a gun was pointed at your head, I, I think you would say that he's going to stick with uh, Chip Ganassi Racing. And we have laid out on numerous occasions why he should. You know, obviously with Erickson leaving now, that just opens the door for him to be the face of that team. Scott Dixon, you know, yes, he's winning races at at the age that he's winning, but. He's not going to get any younger, and the, the face of Chip Ganassi Racing is is sure the hell isn't going to be Marcus Armstrong. So uh, Alex Pillow is in a prime position, as I think we we may have just uh, we may have just lost Josh. So hopefully he's able to uh, come back and join us. Uh, but yes, Alex Pillow is in a prime position uh, to be the face of Chip Ganassi Racing uh, for quite a long time going forward, as Josh is uh, back. <laughs> So uh, yes, you know we we've laid out uh, our our thoughts on that. Uh, Josh has stuck to his guns all year, uh, doubting Alex Pillow leaving Chip Ganassi Racing, and now with uh, the news of uh, Marcus Erickson leaving for Andretti Autosport next year, Josh, I think that just uh, hammers home your point uh, even stronger that why Alex Pillow is in a prime position to be successful at Chip Canassi for the next, you know, five to seven years, he's going to be the face of, of that team. So why leave? Definitely. Why leave? Why, why, why go somewhere else that you're going to have to start over? Um, and you're the face, you know, Scott, like you said, Scott Dixon's late. Scott Dixon's not getting any younger. He's still winning races, but he's not getting any younger. Be the, be the face. You know, if you could be the face of Chip Ganassi or Penske or Andretti, those are the three big, three big teams in IndyCar. And you could be one of the biggest, one of the biggest names in there out there, you know, just keep building your, uh, 
keep building your brand as, as the, as the new folks would say, you know, uh, Jimmy Johnson built his career and he stuck with Hendrix the entire time. Most, most all the time he was there for all seven or eight championships that he won. He never left because he knew uh, when you got it, when you got a good thing, why leave? Why, why leave the, the, the guaranteed sure thing? So, uh, that's why I never thought that he was that he was actually gonna go to McLaren, and I always that's why I always questioned why would he leave, and I, I think I'm vindicated. And <clears throat> when that announcement comes out, I'll, uh, I'll I'll hold my hands up in the air and cheer for myself because I was right. Well, it hasn't been fully announced yet, but what I can tell you. And this was actually a little bit of research. Uh, I think it was, was it last week? I do believe that I found this. But I have to give it up to somebody in IndyCar Nation that put together a amazing, um, I, I guess you could say spreadsheet, I, I guess. Um, but she laid out all of the basically teams for Honda and Chevy uh, going into the 2024 uh, IndyCar uh, silly season, which I did tweet out. And believe it or not, and, and I don't know if I can make this uh, any bigger. Let me see if I can, because there's actually news on on Alex Pillow. Now, I'm, I'm, I want to see if I can make this bigger for everyone, but I don't think I can. It looks like we may have lost uh, Josh again, so we may have to... Uh, wrap things up, but I want to try to get to this uh, real quick because actually, um, yeah, and it looks like I may not be able to make it bigger, but it hasn't been announced yet, but there's a lot of indications that Alex Pillow has signed a one-year extension with Chip Canassi racing now, uh, Josh. I know you just got back here. This hasn't been uh, announced yet, but he does have a one-year contract extension with Chip Canassi Racing. Um, if you go over to the Push to Pass podcast uh, Twitter page or X page, and you'll find the the graphic that I was uh, talking about. It looks like Mike may have a prior obligation, so he may not be able to join us. But one more thing I want to throw out, and I actually just found this. Um, Josh, I know we pay attention to the viewership that uh, IndyCar gets on a race-to-race, week-to-week basis. Um, I didn't catch this this morning, and it looks like Josh may have left us again, so he may be having uh, connection issues. But uh, the NBC Sports PR department actually put out the viewership uh, for the St. Louis race uh, this past weekend, yeah, I see Josh is uh, struggling with his uh, connection this evening. But the viewership for the St. Louis race this past weekend, um, NBC and Peacock averaged 1.132 uh, million viewers. Uh, that is the eighth IndyCar race in 2023 to surpass a average viewership of 1 million people. And believe it or not, and like I said, Josh is falling in and out of connection, so I may have to pass this along uh, after the show. But this season, this 2023 IndyCar season, is currently the most watched viewership-wise IndyCar season since 2008. So you know it's catching on slowly but surely uh the sport is growing and that's that's positive that is what we've been asking for that's what we've been hoping for uh, all year was to see this sport grow and to see more eyeballs uh, on this sport so definitely uh um good sign of things to come as i think josh may have uh, given up for the night and uh, i don't blame him because i've had obviously uh, those uh, those same issues uh, having uh, connection issues there as well. Uh, so that does do it for this episode of the Push to Pass podcast, episode 41. Uh, we'll be back in one week's time. 
uh, to discuss and review uh, this weekend's race at the Portland International Raceway, the Bit Nile Grand Prix of Portland. Uh, so until then, for myself, Josh, and everyone else that makes up the Push to Pass podcast, we will be back in one week's time to discuss what took place at the Portland International Raceway. So until then, so long, everybody.